From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, Forte Real Estate Partners Principal Jim Jetlin talks to FNC reporter J.D. Duggan. Jetlin discusses his company, the state of the commercial real estate market, and his continued hope for downtowns. All right. Hey, today we have Jim Jetlin, an industry veteran and principal at Forte Real Estate Partners. Uh, Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Look forward to a conversation. So. Yeah. For sure. Um, so you moderated Mincar's State of Brokerage Breakfast in March. Uh, what do you think are some key takeaways that came from that discussion? You know, I think that um, one of the key takeaways was virtually everybody on that panel, which was um, which was private companies. It was also public companies and, and small boutiques. Uh, everybody feels that their revenues in 2023 are going to be substantially down from um, 2022. And I think that's made up of a really a number of issues. But um, everyone uh, to a person felt that it would be down, you know, anywhere between 20 and 30 percent. So it's it's a little rough sledding, I think, for the for the uh, brokerage business in the next 12 months. But um, uh, there will be light at the end of that tunnel as well. Yeah. But there was a peak in 2022, right? So we're coming down from a really strong year. Is that right? No question. It was a strong year for virtually all shops. And I think a lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, the, 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 the high demand for, for real estate as a, as a uh, diversification for portfolios, the money that was going to real estate. I think the uh, uh, low interest rates. All of that had a, a, a driving effect on what I would say uh, was was a really a big capital markets um, surge, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably why one of the reasons why we're seeing um, a big drop off in 2023 is because uh, interest rates have have, have doubled, and uh, the amount of money chasing real estate right now is a little more cautious than what it was. And so I think that that that's going to have a big impact on on uh, everybody's brokerage numbers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to ask you a bit about that, but you know, tell me about your career first. You were a notable U of M goalie, right? Uh, Mincar has previously named you a broker of the year. You've been doing this for since something 1985. Can you tell me a bit about how you got into this industry and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, it was interesting. I uh, when I first got out of college, I I was a uh, Manufacturers rep for Nike equipment and Cooper hockey equipment. Loved it. You know, it was a it was a, a, a product that I was familiar with just because of my sports background. But a lot of travel, a lot of nights, a lot of weekends, a lot of time away from home. And about the time my daughter was born, my father-in-law said, "You know, you're really good at the sales thing. You ought to think about commercial real estate." If I could have done it over again, I'd have done that. So I'm 
1985, I went to work for a company called Eberhardt and worked there for a few years. And um, it's uh, it's been a terrific career. I've, I've uh, loved it, been, been doing it a long time now. And I think I enjoy it as much as anything because of the people in the industry. We're, it's a very collaborative industry. We need to work closely with our competitors and we negotiate with our competitors. And, and it's just it's a it's a very collegial uh, industry and one that, that I find very rewarding. Yeah. Awesome. What does your work look like and right now? Yeah. So I, I have in, in my entire time in the business, I've been very focused on relationship building and transactions and what i what i've really done the last year to two years is is to try to transition that business to others in our in our newly formed forte real estate partners for for the next generation and um that's one of the goals that we had at forte is we've, we've got three principles that are a bit long in the tooth and and i would say our goal was to create an entity that was was sustainable and we have a great group of new up-and-coming leaders in that organization that were able to transition this business to them with the same focus on customer service and the same focus on a real high personal touch and building long-term relationships because you know our relation our our contacts they age out and and we need to get to the next generation and that's why we have such a a good core group of of up and coming stars in this industry. Yeah, could you just briefly tell me a bit about what Forte does? Yeah, so we we really focus JD on on uh, five primary areas. I would say that the largest area that we have is our is our brokerage advisory business. So on the brokerage side, we represent landlords that that have real estate, generally smaller landlords, local landlords that have real estate owned in town, and we do sales and leasing in that area. Um, probably our biggest business is our advisory business. Um, and this is where we really act as a real estate department for small, mid-sized, and even sometimes large companies that have real estate requirements in the um, in the professional services sector, uh, in the financial services sector, healthcare, industrial, um, and and we really act as their real estate department, giving them advice and, and input on transactions. Uh, that's that's one. That's our biggest area. The other is, is project management. So we'll have a team of project managers that will work with those same clients to implement what they need to do in relocating uh, or in, in renovating uh, their existing facilities. So project management is a, is a huge growing part of our business. Property management, traditional third-party property management is another area where we uh, 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 do a fair amount of work, primarily in the Twin Cities, actually all in the Twin Cities. And then our last sector is, is lease administration, where we will we will track and monitor critical dates for our clients' leases. We have some clients that might have 70 or 80 locations, and, and every one of those leases are important to their portfolio. And we... Uh, we'll come up with strategic plans and and monitor those critical dates to make sure that nothing is missed on their side. So that's those are kind of the four, five buckets we primarily work in. Yeah, and you mostly specialize in office real estate. Yeah, my I would tell you my focus in my career has been on the office advisory side. Um, I I have 
a number of clients over the years that that have industrial. I'm I'm nowhere near as familiar with industrial as others in my our organization are. So I will typically partner with one of them when I have a client that has a requirement. A requirement, but um, my focus is 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 uh, primarily in the office sector. Yeah, I feel like office is in kind of the most unique, maybe challenging spot right now. Um, what discussions or sentiments? Are you hearing from owners, tenants, developers in in this sector? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you 100. percent the uh, The office sector is probably the most uh, the most in flux and the most concerning right now. In that, the good news from our perspective is our clients need our services probably more than they ever have. For you know, virtually all our clients are looking to understand the new work model moving forward the hybrid work model or you know work from remote uh concept and they're not understanding how that space necessarily works and how much space they need and how do we draw our employees back to work and i i would tell you that while our clients are downsizing I would also tell you that they're um they're in need of our services and our expertise more than they ever have uh, yeah, that's that's been a uh, you know a positive outcome. Sure, um, and we can't talk about offices without talking about CBDs downtowns. Um, mm. I mean, what do you what are you thinking about downtowns? Do you think there's hope for downtown office buildings? Yeah, hope. Um, I, yes, I think there is certainly hope. I think that it's going to be a long time. Um, and and I would think it's going to be anywhere from five to ten years before we see downtown come back to what it was before, and and who knows if it'll ever be back exactly like it was before. Um, I I think that we have we have few clients that really are that energized to be in the core of downtown right now. I mean, I think they're just they're concerned about a number of different things, and um, the North Loop on the other hand, is extremely vibrant. But the core itself, I think there are concerns with lack of people, uh, concerns about public safety. Um, and it's sad. It's kind of sad to see because we, you know, we think we had really kind of gotten to a point where downtown was getting much more vibrant and much more active. And it's it's sad to go downtown on a tour now and, and see the empty skyways and I don't want to say empty, but let's just say less active skyway. So um, just just um, the core is going to is going to suck, stru- suck struggle for, I think, at least five years. Yeah, um, I feel like there's a lot of discussions happening on what that means and what could happen. Are you seeing any unique approaches to downtown Minneapolis or to these offices? You know, there there's talk of conversion. There's talk of uh, you know the city wanting to fill storefronts. What are, what are you seeing with that? You know, I I don't you know one of the interesting things that I have heard needs to happen. I have not seen it yet, and I'm I'm sure it will take a long time to implement. But is is almost a a, a government intervention in a way to um, subsidize some of these uh, sub, subsidize the owners of downtown real estate because it's you know no different than the airline industry or the banking industry or any of these other industries that, that cyclically have had some challenges. I think, I think core 
real estate in not just Minneapolis, but other other cities as well, are really going to struggle and they're going to probably need some sort of, of government subsidies or some type of support. Um, and whether we can make that happen in our state, I don't know. But that to me would be something that should be contemplated and considered because it's a, it's a tough road. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any grasp on a uh, comparison of how like downtown Minneapolis is doing compared to other places? Yeah, I, 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 um, I'm sure we could, um, uh, create something. I don't have anything that I can share with you right now. I'm just sure. more anecdotal, yeah. um, information. And, and I can tell you that, you know, from a personal standpoint, our business in the core is, is virtually non-existent. Um, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that others aren't considering renewing, but, um, or, or expanding, but we don't see a lot of companies, um, where I would tell you there was a period of time where that was companies were leaving the suburbs to go into the core. Uh, I think it's almost the opposite of that. Now we're seeing more companies that are considering um, moving out of the core and moving back to the suburbs. Yeah. What are some of the hot spots? Uh, you know, we've all heard about it, you know, that any is a flight to quality. So mm-hmm. I would tell you that anything, I think the North loop is still very hot. I think um, certainly there are, um, more activity there than there is in the core. I think the West end is extremely hot. We're talking office now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. The West end is, is, is very hot. And I think there's been some contemplation of a second tower at what would be called 20 West end. Um, and I think that um, anything, any, any location where a landlord has put a lot of uh, capital into trying to create a, um, a, a much different employee experience that are, all our customers or most of our clients are really trying to figure out a way to get people back to the office. And one of the ways to do that is, is getting on the kind of the more mundane office location and getting into a new location that has, you know, outdoor spaces, it has more amenities, it has, you know, more vibrant collaborative spaces, more the way that the young people want to work today. And, and I think those are, um, those are some of the more successful buildings. One Southwest Crossing, uh, they, they renovated that completely, and that building's 100% leased now, so we're virtually 100% leased. So um, those would be some of the hot spots. Yeah. Um, do you have thoughts on how businesses should be approaching their offices under these new circumstances, under this kind of new world that we live in? You know, um, probably the one recommendation that we give to our clients right now is remain build as much flexibility into your transaction as you can because i don't think any of us know exactly where the office market future is going to go and you know we'd all like to look into that crystal ball and know exactly in five years where we're going to be but i think that's really tough to do and building flexibility into your transaction is is a, a, a critical component when we can representing our clients. So, and when I say flexible, maybe it's uh, downsize options, maybe it's termination options, maybe it's um, uh, uh, you know expansion options. We 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 just we try to build as much flexibility. Maybe it's shorter term leases because in five years you might decide you need half the space that you need today. That's a tougher thing to do because of the construction costs. 
shorter term leases are harder because the construction costs have not adjusted accordingly. But flexibility to me would be the the key with most companies is just nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. So let's try to be as flexible as we can and match that flexibility with the landlord's goals. Yeah, I'm still seeing somewhat of a development pipeline for offices too. Like you, you mentioned the potential 20 West End. Um, are you seeing that taken into consideration with development? I mean, are they building these more with more flexible spaces? Um, certainly we're seeing landlords that try to, you know, one of the things we've seen uh, have success the last two to three years has been what I would call spec suites. Um, where they go in and they'll build out suites that um, that are fairly generic in their layout. They're very nice. They're very professional, but they're generic. And uh, companies can come in on shorter term leases. Uh, you know, they can do two, three, four year leases. They can take occupancy quicker. Uh, they're generally laid out in a way that's fairly flexible. Uh, and I think any building in town that has vacancy is given serious consideration to those spec suites, and they've been the most active. Um, I, I think in a case of Twenty West End, they're just they're really benefiting. I think from the the proximity to downtown, the quality product that they have, the free parking that they have, um, and and even though the rents are considerably higher than anything we've seen in the suburbs lately it's it's still a high demand location and a high demand product sure um well jim i don't really have any more questions what do you hope to uh you know best case scenario what do you hope the future looks like for offices you know i i hope that we um that we understand what the future is going to be as soon as possible i think right now there's so much uncertainty in this hybrid work model or this work from home work model. Um, I, I think once we have more certainty that will free up advisors like us to be a, able to make um, more um, definitive suggestions. And, 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 and it'll also free up users to make more long-term decisions once they have a more comfortable um concept of what's going to happen in the future i think right now we're just in a little bit of a transition and not not everybody knows what's going to happen yeah yeah i'm hearing that quite a bit uh well jim yeah like i said i don't have any other questions anything you want to add that i didn't ask about no i i would just say that uh just as kind of a plug for forte real estate partners we we really are trying to do things differently we're trying to uh we're, again, like I said, we're trying to do more of a high-touch personal approach. We're trying to build long-term relationships. And and while transactions are important, it's more important for us to do the right thing for our clients and for, um, and, and for building those long-term relationships than it is focusing on transactions. So it's it's a little bit of a different model from, from a lot of the uh, bigger shops, but it's one that we believe in and one that we're going to continue to build on. And, uh, appreciate the chance to convey that message yeah awesome i know you're on a trip right now so i appreciate you taking time and yeah thanks for, JD, uh, for joining th- me thanks a lot appreciate it nice to meet you yeah you too take care see you take care